Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exzoneradiotv.com or www.exzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. This is A Different Perspective with Kevin Randall. A retired U.S. Lieutenant Colonel, Kevin Randall has been studying UFOs for nearly 50 years. Kevin has investigated some of the most famous UFO cases in the world and has been consulted for dozens of documentaries about UFOs. Considered one of the leading experts into the Roswell UFO crash of 1947, Kevin has written more than 25 books about UFOs, including the recently published Roswell in the 21st century. Now, here is the host of A Different Perspective, Kevin Randall.
and welcome to the latest edition of A Different Perspective. I am Kevin Randall, and I am going to be joined momentarily by Tom Carey. He of, uh, I guess, Roswell fame. I just wanted to let you all know that I am truly back from Roswell. We had a great time there, had some wonderful interviews, and you'll be uh, hearing those or have heard those in the last few days. I guess there's one more coming after that. And in the upcoming weeks, we'll be having some other interesting guests showing up. I mean, really interesting people that I was able to uh, contact while in Roswell and some that I've known for quite a while. Thomas J. Carey is a native Philadelphian, and I'm not going to hold that against him. Holds degrees from Temple University, a B.S. in business administration, which kind of surprised me, given what I knew about him. And California State University, Sacramento, an M.A. in anthropology, and also attended the University of Toronto's Ph.D. program in anthropology. He is what we called um, all but dissertation, ADB. ADB? Uh, he's an Air Force veteran who held a top-secret crypto clearance. Tom is now a retired Philadelphia-area businessman. He has been in the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, or is a MUFON State Section Director for Southeastern Pennsylvania, or was. I can't even read my own notes here. Uh, from 1986 to 2001, a special investigator for the J. Allen Hynek Center for UFO Studies from 1991 to 2001, and a member of the QFOS Board of Directors from 1997 to 2001. Tom began investigating aspects of the Roswell incident in 1991 for Roswell investigation team of Kevin Randall, that would be me, and Don Schmidt, and since 1998 has teamed exclusively with Don Schmidt to continue a proactive investigation of the case. Tom has authored or co-authored more than 40 published articles in Roswell about the Roswell events in 1947 and has contributed to a number of books on the subject as well. He has appeared as a guest on many radio and TV shows throughout the country, including Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell, George Norrie, uh, Fox and Friends, Comcast Network Friends, and Larry King Live, and has contributed to a number of Roswell-related documentaries on scene and behind the scenes. Tom, periods work really well sometimes. <laughs> Just thought I'd mention that. Tom is a, was a consultant and interviewee on the highly acclaimed and rated 2002 two-hour sci-fi channel documentary, The Roswell Crash, Startling New Evidence, The History Channel's Conspiracy Theory, and The Travel Channel's Weird Travels Roswell, The Sci-Fi Channel's Sci-Fi Investigates, and The History Channel's UFO Hunters. Tom, I've made it through it. Didn't stumble out much. Welcome <laughs> to A Different Perspective. Nice to be with you, Kevin. Oh, well, it's nice to chat with you that we've uh, we had our on and off times here, and it's uh, nice to be back on the good side. Well, here we are. Yes. And as uh, one of the founding members of the um, Ken Toby fan club, <laughs> uh, for people who don't know, Ken Toby starred in the original Good The Thing uh, and uh, a number of other programs, and Tom and I would share Kenneth Toby sightings for a while there, which was kind of fun. He still turns up uh, every now and then. <laughs> He's been. He was in an awful lot of movies and a lot, a lot of different roles. A lot, yes. Um, the the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room, of course, are, are the Roswell slides, the big slide fiasco, I guess you would call it. How exactly did you learn about those slides? Well, uh, I had to refresh my memory because. <laughs> You can imagine I, I tried to put it out of my mind, uh, but it was 2012. I received an email from a fellow named Joseph Beeson. 
and uh, unsolicited, of course. And he articulated in his memo, his email, that he had something very interesting uh, to share with us. But in, in order to do that, we had to sign non-disclosure agreements, you know, and that just heightened our interest. And I'm thinking, my goodness, what has he got here? We have to sign a non-disclosure. And uh, so we signed a non-disclosure, and he had these two slides. And I sent you a copy of the, of the, the, the one, the one that, uh, you know, uh, quote-unquote, did me in. Uh, well, let me, let me interrupt here because I have a question. Uh, I think Adam Dew told me that he had originally con contacted Stan Friedman, and Stan yes. Friedman said, that's true, that he did contact Stan Friedman? That's what he, that's what he told me. Uh, I asked Stan, and he said he didn't, but Stan was, this was last year, the, the last year that Stan attended the uh, uh, festival down at Roswell, and I asked him then, uh, you know, a Adam Dew said he cut, sent it to you first, and he said, oh, no, he didn't, no, he didn't. Well, at one time, Stan said he did, so... Um, and, and last year, I was having a sort of a disagreement with uh, Stan that uh, Major General, uh, Lieutenant General, was higher than Major General, and he didn't believe me. And uh, <laughs> so I said, oh, my goodness, what's going on here? And, uh, well, you can kind of understand that a lieutenant is outranked by a major, and, but, of course, we understand that, that Lieutenant General is three stars, Major General is two, so. Right, right. Uh, and he didn't, uh, I didn't, he wasn't putting me on either because we were starting to get very intense about it. And I'm thinking, my goodness, I, I know that Lieutenant General's higher than Major General, but he, he didn't believe it. But uh, That's what he, the Internet's for, by the way. I'm sorry? That's what the Internet is for. Google it. Well, he lives in Canada, so maybe, maybe it's different up there. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think they still have field marshals up there, but I'm not sure. I don't, I don't remember... But anyway, he that was the story that Adam told to us is that he did send it to Stan and he was not interested. And Stan told uh, uh, Joseph by this time we were we didn't we never had aware that there was another fellow involved named Adam Do. I always call him Adam Don't now. Uh, but uh, uh, we were dealing with Joseph Beeson for the first full year. We never knew there was another fellow behind the scenes there. And so. Uh, he sent it, he sent it to me. And so, uh, you know, I contacted Don and we said, we got to sign a non-disclosure. I'm interested what this guy has because he, he sounds serious. And, um, so we did. And he sent me the, these two slide images. Uh, I, one, the one, uh, I sent you this morning, uh, you, uh, could see that the, the placard at the, at the foot of this, uh, body is blanked out and uh i had asked um, uh, joseph well how come that's black blanked out where the the second slide it, it wasn't blank uh, black blanked out and he says oh well they must have used a, a flash on that on that photo and i said well i you know okay you know, big, you know i guess so and uh, so uh we were sent two images and uh uh, that started that started the whole ball rolling. Uh, we we did everything we could for three years to to uh, uh, do, do do diligence on the origin of the slides, 
the, 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 uh, whether they had been altered or not and, and things like that. And uh, it took three years. And uh, I also sent you uh, images of the, of the placards themselves. Uh, three years, we could not, we could not break them. We could, we could not, uh, I know myself off and on for three years, I, you know, I'd wake up and I said, well, I'll give it another try today. Maybe today I'll get lucky with my photo software and, and break, you know, break the code. And, uh, I never could, I couldn't even get one letter. I couldn't even get one letter. And, uh, you did, you did send them to, or send the copy, an image of the placard to David Rudiak. Among others, yes. And when uh, David said that he couldn't decipher one letter either, uh, Kevin, that was that was important to me because you know David did the yeoman's work on the Ramey memo, and he's an optom he's a doctor of optometry, etc. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. And he did the, the yeoman's work on the Ramey memo, and uh, he could not decipher one letter, as neither could I. And uh, we had a copy sent to... Now, here's where it gets uh, sort of fuzzy. You know, uh, Adam Deuce said he sent a copy to Adobe, you know, the Adobe uh, yes. reader. And it turned out to be a buddy of his uh, at Adobe. So I'm going, oh, but we didn't, and we didn't know this until afterwards, you know. And then we had another copy sent to Neil Morris over in the UK, who apparently. Uh, Neil uh, had, Morris. Neil Morris. Huh? Isn't it Neil Morris? Morris, yeah. Yeah, Neil Morris as in Philip Morris cigarettes. Uh, uh, and he couldn't get anywhere. And uh, Don Schmidt had a uh, officer at, uh, in the uh, U.S. Army who worked in the photo interpretation uh, unit, and they couldn't get any anything with it. Well, let so, me interrupt you here. Let me interrupt you here because we're coming up against uh, our break. So I'm going to have to... Uh do something else for just a moment. Um, I'll have more information about this at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Uh, Tom's website is roswellinvestigator.com, and I, there's all kinds of information there as well. And I looked at the whole um, Roswell slides thing in the book Roswell in the 21st Century, including the things that uh, Tony Bagalia had uh, deciphered and all that kind of information to give you a real good background of the whole thing if you're interested in following it that far. So anyway, we will be back with Tom Carey. We'll talk about the Roswell slides and what's coming up in the Roswell investigation and what the best evidence for the crash might be. We will be back right after this.
It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. I am joined by Tom Carey. We're talking about the uh, Roswell slides. I almost said Tim Carey. And the reason I almost said Tim Carey is because uh, I served in Iraq with Tim Carey. So... There you go. What what a coincidence, I guess. Uh, when we went away, uh, we had just gotten to the point where Don had submitted uh, a copy of the slides to a photo interpretation unit. Is and and what did they? What were they able to discern? They were able to discern nothing. That they could they couldn't they couldn't read it. And did, uh, did they so, give it much of an effort? Because I can't think of a photo interpretation unit. Uh, their mission really wouldn't be trying to read a placard. Well, uh, Kevin, I, I, you know, I was just one cog in this, uh, you know, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in, uh, Pennsylvania, Don's up in Wisconsin, uh, Joseph Beeson's in California, Adam Dew's in Indiana and Jaime Musson's down in Mexico city. So when, you know, Don tells me he sent it to, uh, he has this, uh, air force friend who's, a, uh, I don't know, he's a Lieutenant Colonel, something like that. Uh, and uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, an army fellow uh, in Washington who's with a photo interpretation unit. And uh, Don tells me that, uh, well, they couldn't find anything uh, that, you know, that how far, how far, much farther can I go with it? You know? Oh, I'm, I'm not criticizing. I'm merely suggesting that given my knowledge of this sort of activity that really isn't in their ballywick to, to do that kind of thing. I, well, that, uh, but, that's I just I don't know that, but that's that's what you know. Um, I have to rely on uh, on someone else for that. Uh, the, the other that, thing, the, the other thing that bothered me is, um, and I asked Adam Dew about this as well. He he had said that the uh, slide film was from the 
1947 film run at, at Kodak, and he had taken it to Kodak, and they had confirmed yeah. that. And That's I had right. mentioned there's coding on the sides of the film that gives you that away. And I knew that the coding he was talking about was from movie fo film, not slide film. There's a different coding system for slide film. But it, I said, you didn't take them both out of the mounts, did you? And he said, no, only one. And right. when that one slide appeared on the Internet with the frames visible, I mean, there was no right. coding on it. So it was clear that he was misrepresenting that as well. He was saying, he said, yes, the coding says it was from 1947. It turns out that was not true. So, well, uh, my understanding, because, you know, I'm not a photographic expert. Um, my understanding was it could have been from 1927, 47 or 67. That was the coding. That was the coatings on um, movie footage, movie film, because we went through this with the alien autopsy when that came out, and we were trying to figure out when the the film had been yeah. made and the the coding. The, so we w did a great deal of research into the coding of that. So um, well, the uh, they took it to the um, historian for Kodak up in uh, Buffalo, I guess it was, or up in. You know, uh, upstate New York somewhere. I think it was Buffalo. I'm not sure. His name was Shane Brook. Rochester, isn't it? Kodak? Wasn't Kodak in oh, Rochester? Rochester, I'm sorry. I, you know, not a problem. Uh, um, so, and he, according to Adam, he authenticated that the the uh, the image was on a stock that was uh, manufactured in uh, you know 1947 to cut to the chase and that uh, it had not been altered or uh, manipulated. This is the image on the, on the stock. Well, Don and I never actually were in possession of the stock itself. We were only in possession of the images that Jason, uh, uh, Joseph Beeson and Adam do sent to us. So the, the only time we actually held the stock in our hands is that we met in Chicago, uh, myself, Don, Adam Du, and Joseph, and Jaime Musan, all met, uh, we met in Chicago for one day. And we wanted to see the, the slides. And so we, we, you know, we actually, you know, you, you hold it up to the light. Oh, yep, there's a body on there. And that's as close as we ever got to the actual slides themselves. Everything that uh, we looked at in detail was in the scan. So uh, what took place between the actual slide and the scan, we, at the time, we thought, well, no, this is an accurate representation. Of, because we could see that the two slides had bodies on them. And uh, so that's what happened there. And um, so we all agreed that the... Uh, the key to, to identifying these slides was what was written on that placard. And like I said, one of them was blanked out and we figured, and it was told to me, oh, well, that's, they probably used a, a flash bulb on that. Oh, okay. And the other one we didn't know at the time had been manipulated. Uh, and I learned this from Anthony Bergaglia that, uh, that the image was, uh, it was made cursive, you know, script, and they made it so you couldn't you couldn't decipher it. And so when, you know, so this is the way it was. Uh, oh, and the other thing, what really, really turned me on to the, to this slide 
was that when I saw it, it 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 resembled very closely the the descriptions that had been given to us over the years. And there's one, and there was one feature on the body that just jumped out on me, and I said, "Oh my goodness, that's why." That's why Dan Dwyer said it was a child of the earth. It was if you look at the cranium on the on the head, you see all these black markings. And if you remember Dan Dwyer, he was a fireman, uh, Frankie Rowe's father, who had gotten out to the site, we think in a personal, uh, uh, we, we don't think in an official capacity, but he got out there uh, before the military got there. And uh, he described when the when he got home, his family wanted to know, well, what did you do today, Dad? You know, well, I was, you know, went out to a flying saucer, saw saw some aliens, and they wanted to know what it looked like. And he responded, "Child of the Earth, Child of the Earth." Now, why do being a city slicker? I don't know what that means. And uh, uh, in in the southwest what it means is that the, the child of the earth is like a another name for it is the jerusalem cricket or the um, potato bug it's like a land potato bug uh, cricket something but they call it the child of the earth because it has these markings on its head that reminds people of a, a newborn child that where the Cranium bones have not ossified yet. They haven't connected, and they and they have like yellow, yellow. I can't talk straight. They have black markings on the top of the head, and that's what jumped out at me with this slide. And I'm thinking nobody else, nobody else knows this, other than you're you're a Roswell aficionado, you might know it. But I'm saying they could not have hoaxed that. At least in my own mind, that's that's what I thought. And that, for me, sort of trumped everything. That trumped everything. Because well, if I, I, if, if I understand what you're saying, you never saw the slides other than holding them up to the light. Yes. And you had just scans. Yes. So you never saw a full projection of the slide until you got to Mexico City. Correct. What did you think when you saw the slide projected in Mexico City? Um... I don't. Now you've got the whole thing there. Uh, I, I don't. You, you're not. I don't believe. I, you know. I don't remember this, Kevin. Uh, I. The only thing I remember about Mexico City, besides our own talk, was that they put together a uh, a uh, you know a uh, what do you call it? An artificial representation of what the slide looked like. I don't recall seeing another slide there, but here's the thing is that I noticed <clears throat> between the two slides, there was a, there was a, a slide missing. And I had asked Joseph, there's, there's a slide missing between these two, the two that, you know, two scans that they sent us. I said, there's a, there's a one missing. Where is that? And they, they said, well, we, we couldn't find it. And, uh, so after the presentation, this is the next day where we're, you know, getting ready to leave. And, and Don somehow found out about this third slide. And he went to Jaime and he said, he said, Jaime, I want to I want to see this third slide. And Jaime had it on his computer. And so Jaime pulled it up and clearly 
it was taken in a museum. The other two slides did not demonstrate that. Uh, I'm sorry, the other two scans to us did not show that it was in a museum. This third slide, it was clearly, you could see it was in a museum. I never saw that. I never saw that until uh, that day uh, we were leaving Mexico City. And Don said, I want to see that third slide. And uh, there it was. And I said, oh, my goodness, because it's clearly it was in a museum. But uh, I don't recall, and I'm not trying to be evasive here, I don't, I don't recall seeing that slide at the, at the presentation. I, I just assumed that they projected the whole slides on on the uh, for the presentation, so I, I could be off on that because I I knew it would be the first time that you had seen the um, the whole thing, not not yeah. a scan of the of it. I'm going to have to uh, interrupt us again here so we can take a quick break. I am joined by Tom Carey, he of Roswell Investigative Fame. I guess the book is Witness to Roswell and a number of other books like that. Um, I, you did a nice update on that. Uh, I will have more information at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Uh, Tom's website is Roswell Investigator. That's one word, roswellinvestigator.com. And you can find additional information there. Uh, we will be back with Tom Carey. Um, we'll wrap up the slides and try to get to something else uh, here in the next couple of minutes. So hang around. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hydes can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking.
I am here with Tom Carey. We're talking things Roswell, and we're kind of hung up on the Roswell slides. But before we get into that, let me mention once again, there's other fine programs on the Exome Broadcast Network. Just go to xzbn.net. You can see a listing of the programs. You can scroll 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 down there and uh, find something that interests you as well as, of course, a different perspective. When we went away, we had gotten to the point where there were now three slides. And I'd noticed that too, that uh, in some of the things that Adam Dew had sent me after the whole thing blew up in Mexico City, that there had been a slide missing. It was interesting to, to learn exactly what was going on there. Uh, Stan Friedman had been invited to this uh, program in Mexico City. Do you know why he declined? I, I do not know. I do not know other than uh, uh, Joseph said that uh, he was not interested. If I could continue just a bit, uh, Kevin. on Yeah, go I ahead. Was, yeah. Uh, we also had uh, uh, Tony Bergaglia uh, scan. Uh, you know, he's an expert uh, with uh, using the Internet and finding things. Uh, we, he, we had him scan the Internet for um, uh, mummies. And he said he looked over. He looked at over 400 mummies on the internet, and there, were, there was no match for for our uh, body. And uh, so, what what's interesting is that. Oh, and uh, so you know, we figured. Well, you know, it's not a mummy, and uh, you know, so uh, I had contacted a number of physical anthropologists uh, across the country. And told them that, uh, you know, we, we, we would like them to try to identify something and, uh, uh, you know, a body. And they all want, you know, and the next thing they went, well, what's the context of the body? And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I can't lie to them. So I said, uh, as soon as they heard Roswell, it was goodbye. And uh, the, uh, the I guess the, the uh end of this was that uh, we found a, a physical anthropologist in Wisconsin, you know, up near Don Schmidt. And his website said, yes, I'm a, you know, I'm a physical anthropologist, but I like to, uh, if you have anything that's interesting or uh, mysterious, uh, send it to me. And I love, I love looking into those things. So I call, I, first I emailed him and he never got back to me. So I finally called him. And the, uh, yeah, oh, yes, I'm, I'm interested in that stuff. What's the context of your, uh, uh, the slides you're telling me about? I said, well, as soon as he heard Roswell, he said, oh, uh, 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 I'm going to be back and forth to Africa in this, in this coming year. Uh, so uh, uh, I'm not going to be able to do it. Goodbye. So that's, that's what I ran into. Uh, the only anth physical anthropologist that would actually talk to me after learning about the slide, they all suggested that it was a uh, to look into genetic uh, anomalies of children. That's that's what they said. Uh, uh, it sounds like a, a genetic anomaly uh, or disease or something of children, and that that's so that all came to a dead end. And so uh, I contacted a former graduate student friend of mine up in uh, Toronto, uh, who to me. Uh, was the most brilliant and still is the most brilliant anthropologist I've ever come across uh, because he was the true anthropologist in the in, in the sense of the word that he he was expert in all of the subdivisions of anthropology. He was a physical anthropologist, uh, but he was a uh, well versed in all of the 
subdivisions and the professors up there hated him because he was smarter than they were. So I got him to, uh, I sent him a copy of the slides and uh, he did a uh, thorough investigation of them as best he could uh, with, you know, the, the slide itself, as you can see, is, is not of high quality sharpness and it uh, appears to have been uh, dissected the uh, autopsy to some degree. So that, that was, that was uh, so up to 2015, that's where we were. We had all this information and I'm uh, sort of hung up on that, uh, this child of the earth thing that I, I felt that no civilian, no somebody who's not really well versed in Roswell would know about the child of the earth other, other than us. And that sort of dominated my thinking. And Don Schmidt, of course, uh, he, he relied on me, you know, with my physical anthropology background, he relied on my, my views on this. So, uh, uh, that's that's the way it was up until uh, oh and uh, it was fortuitous that we that we ran into uh, Jaime Musan down in Roswell during the festival down there in 2000 and uh, I guess it was uh, 12 and we all felt that this uh, there goes my phone I can't believe it uh, my phone never rings until I'm doing an interview um, uh, we told Jaime what we had, and uh, we all felt that this is so important as it stood then that we should really do something other than a, to stand out front of, in front of the UFO museum and hold a press conference. So Jaime got this venue for us down in uh, Mexico City at the uh, uh, National Auditorium, 8,000 seat, uh, I'm sorry, 10,000 seat National Auditorium for us. We filled 8,000. Uh, 7,500, 8,000, and uh, we felt it was that important. And, well, let's uh, let's uh, let's move on. We've we've you've had the presentation in Mexico City. Yes. It's two days later. I I think it was um, 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 Richard Dolan who put a slide, put yes. a, a high quality scan up on the internet. I was stunned. I, and I was and stunned. A, number, a, a number of people grabbed that immediately, and within 48 hours they had read the placard. I was stunned. I, I was in disbelief for about a week. I and the placard, dis- the placard said, you know, it's a, it's a mummy. It's a yes. child. Two-year-old two boy. A mummy, two-year-old. That had been discovered in 1897 and been in a museum in, I guess, the Mesa Verde. It was, uh, I, thought it, I thought it was 1936, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, it was discovered at the, uh, uh, near the, uh, what do they call it, the... Montezu- uh some museum in uh, New Mexico or Arizona. Uh, well, my, Montezuma Castle, I guess. I guess I, th- that I think that's it. where it where it ended up. It, it really is irrelevant. I mean, clearly, it's a mummy. the The placard says it's a mummy. The, yes. the evidence The evidence proves it's a mummy. We, mummy. Mummy. They've got even pictures of it being excavated. Yes. Uh, when When it was discovered, what yeah. was your reaction? Well, I was really in disbelief until Tony. In short order, Tony Bergaglia, in short order, found found it on the found that particular body, that mummy, uh, on the internet, and sent it to me. I said, "Well, that's a, that's the same one. That's a, that's the guy." And well, your so, initial your re- initial reaction was to reject the um, reading of the placard. Yes, yes, because I did I didn't believe it because 
uh, we could we tried for three years to read it. We couldn't. And uh, here's somebody uh, within two days, I guess, of uh, the rollout. Uh, here's somebody has uh, saying that they read it. I, I was in disbelief because we had tried so hard for three years. But uh, when Tony sent me that uh, image of the uh, mummy itself um, before it was, uh, you know, put in a museum, I said, "Well, there's, there's no. It's a, that's the same. That's the same body." So that was the convincer for me. So you now accept that the the images yeah. on the slides. Yes. Did you ever find out what Beeson's and Dew's motivation was for perpetrating this hoax? Yeah, we're speculating, uh, Kevin, that um, uh, Beeson, uh, I'm sorry, jo uh, Adam Dew was like he's like a, a photographer. He's like a videographer for like when a TV station wants to do a remote. Something at uh, you know a remote site, uh, remote interview or something. They send him, and uh, so he's familiar with. Uh, and and uh, Joseph Beeson himself was in the uh, videography or the uh, uh, graphic design business, which should have been red flags to me up front. It should have been red flags that these guys were in the graphic design business and the video business. Uh, but like I said, that, that that image of the body with the child of the earth markings on the head, that, that just uh, that did it for me. And uh, so uh, Joe uh, Abdu was making a documentary because uh, he and Jaime Musan were always fighting or 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 in conflict about who was going to video this or that or this or that. And. Uh, do was making a documentary and when the whole thing blew up i guess he changed the focus of it to the making of a hoax or something like that uh, they, he he was cited over in Cannes uh, in in uh, france trying to sell it as i understand it i just i'm just you know repeating what someone told me but uh, that was that that was what we believe the motive was to make some sort of documentary out of either a hoax or, or something. Uh, if it, if it didn't blow up, make it into something about, Oh, we got the final proof or something like that. But do, uh, do and Beeson had to know the truth. They had to know what it was. Oh yes, yes, yes. So yeah. they went into the thing knowing fully well, it was a mummy in a museum setting. Yes. And, I guess the idea, I, I always got the impression from Do the idea was to, again, prove how credulous UFO researchers were. That could, that, that could have been it too, Kevin. Uh, uh, you know, that, that, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. But the, from my perspective, uh, uh, you know, like, like I said, uh, I, was, I was struck by this uh, image especially the, the cranial markings, which I thought no one could hoax. And uh, like I said, well, when it turned, it turned let out... Me interrupt, let me interrupt here because I'm right up against my break and I've got to go. Um, more information at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and at uh, roswellinvestigators.com for Tom Carey. We will be back right after this, so please stick around.
If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. I am still here, and I am with still with Tom Carey. I had not planned for this program to be taken up with the Roswell Slides, which is, uh, I guess, not a name that Tom and Don ever subscribed to, but it describes perfectly what we're talking about. Uh, unfortunately, we've gotten to that point. I had some additional questions uh, of, of, uh, about the Roswell case for Tom, but I, I guess we'll not get to them today. Um, Maybe we can go through them another time. I, I was going to say that. We'll get you back on the program to do it at another time. Without um, the slides. <laughs> <laughs> without the slides, exactly. So um, you were stunned by the revelation. And I know that your first reaction and the first statement you put out was was a little bit hostile. Uh, I'm sure you'll admit to that. Yeah, uh, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it because we had tried so hard to uh, 
Uh, and I personally had tried for three years myself, uh, and it was just impossible. Well, as a physical anthropologist, I mean, you must have examined mummies in the past or been familiar with that sort of thing. I mean, didn't well, some of that... To me, didn't look like a mummy because, you know, the, the mummy is was like the one of the images I sent you this morning. Uh, the, you know, they look all dusty and, you know what I mean? Uh, the mummies are really... Uh, they're desiccated and they're dusty and they're, but this one did, this one looked almost to me as if it had been alive, uh, not, uh, uh, not too long before the, uh, picture was taken. I, it just didn't look like a mummy to me. Well, I know you've been in the desert Southwest and I don't know how far west you've gone on interstate 10, but you see these signs for the thing. What is the thing, the thing coming up? You know, I finally took the turn and went to look at the thing, and it turned out to be the mummy of a Spanish conquistador. Um, and when I learned about this, that was the first thing that came to my mind. It was some kind of a mummy. And you'll remember, I asked you that question specifically, and you said you couldn't find any mummies that matched. So Right, right. Well, Tony, Tony looked at hundreds of uh, mummies, and he couldn't find a match. But I, but but to me that that the body did not look like it, it wasn't desiccated. It looked like it had been autopsied to me. Uh, but uh, you know, compared to other mummies that I had seen, the mummies you know that I had seen had been uh, like Egyptian, uh, and they're all desiccated and dried out, and you know, and it just it didn't look didn't look like anything like those. Would you? suggest or, or agree that you might have been a little bit caught up in a will to believe that that kind of colored your thinking a little bit uh, I, I, I I don't know if it's a will to believe but the but the the markings on the head just blew me away that that the hat that no one could could hoax that and that's that was my belief was that nobody of who wasn't an expert who had who had worked uh, so much, so hard on Roswell, like like we have, and you uh, would 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 know that what uh, what Dan Dwyer uh, said to his family that it was a child of the earth, and well, uh, and I'll I'll confirm that. I mean, I talked to Frankie Rowney a number of times, and I think I might be the first one she told about the the child of the earth. And I always got the impression it was more the color colorization of the of the. Um, uh, being as opposed to the physicality of it. Well, she explained to me what it what uh, because I didn't know what it meant. I, I, you know, one of the times we we met her down there, I said, "What what what do you mean? What what is it? What do you mean by child of the earth?" And she said, "The markings on the head, like the 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 bones of a a newborn that haven't ossified yet. Uh, you know, they have marks up there." And she said, "That's why they call it the child of the earth." And I'll I'll say freely, Helen Cahill, who was Frankie Rowe's sister, a married sister, who was not in uh, Roswell at the time this event took place. She was already married and living in California, I think. But she had talked to her father, Dan Dwyer, a number of times and, and uh, got the same sort of thing about the child of the earth. So it's not something that Frankie Rowe kind of came up with. The information was communicated from from the father. Um, so, you know, there, there was that. The other thing is we had looked for information documentation at the Roswell Fire Department had gone out to the site. Right. And, and there was no documentation, on it, although they did make runs outside the uh, city limits. But um, uh, Carl Flock had talked to one of the firefighters 
J.C. Smith, I think it was. And J.C. Smith is, uh, we didn't go out there. It didn't happen, blah, blah, blah. And I got the same information from him until I asked one additional question, which was, uh, did you know Dan Dwyer? And he says, oh, yeah, Dan went out there. He went out there in his personal car. He said a colonel came from the base. And I'm always, it's always a colonel. It's never a major, never a lieutenant. It's always a colonel. Came out from the base and says, you guys don't need to go out there. So uh, Dan Dwyer drove out in his personal car. And that was how he ended up at the site. So, of course, there was no record in the fire department of it because it was uh, – not an official run. It had nothing to do with the fire department. Right. Well, yeah, I've I've heard those stories. In fact, I interviewed them, uh, the, the uh, person you're talking about as well, and uh, uh, he told me that the, they went out in the tanker, uh, which is like a pickup truck with a water tank in the back. That was the first thing I heard was, oh, they didn't use the regular uh, fire engine. They took the tanker. And uh, Frankie Rue, I think she said, no, they went out in a regular, uh, you know, the fire engine. And then someone else told us that, no, they didn't go out in an official capacity. They went out in the he went out on his own. And uh, so we had those three stories. So I so my conclusion was, well, he got out there. I don't know how he got out there, whether it was official or unofficial, but he got out there. Well, had it been official, it would have been logged. So we can rule that out, but he did in fact get out there. That's uh, clear from what Frankie Rowe and others said. Yeah. He did go out so there. So that was what was important to me. It was uh, uh, because I, uh, you know, one of the I think it was Smith told me, or, or it was an, uh, I interviewed one of the uh, sons of the fire chief. I also and I think maybe he told me that oh no, they went out in a tanker. So I had those three three things going around, and I said, well, I don't I don't know which it is. But uh, the fact is, he got out there. And uh, so uh, and uh, he also told his son-in-law, Dan Dwyer uh, told his son-in-law the same story. And we interviewed him as well. So, uh, the, the, well, there's no question. There's no question. The story can be traced back to Dan Dwyer. Yes. Yes. And, and, and he clearly and told, was telling this story. So and, and I don't know when he died, um, which is like 1959. In which case, if he's telling this story in 1959 or prior to 1959, clearly he hasn't picked it up from the Roswell incident or right. any of the other stuff that came out after uh, Jesse Marcel talked about it. So yeah. you, so you spent a week rejecting the idea that the slides showed a mummy. Yeah, because uh, because of my disbelief that anybody could decipher the, the uh, placard, because we had tried for three years and had others look at it too, and no one, and most notably David Rudiak, and nobody could come up with anything. Well, so my mind was, you could, you can't decipher it. But, and there it was, they... It was also, it turned out to be, uh, it wasn't cursive print. It was block print, block print. And uh, that also uh, colored my impression that, well, we know it was cursive because that's what it looked like in the image that we had. So uh, I, I did not, I did not uh, accept that uh, that uh, was, was accurate until uh, Tony, Tony Bergaglia, he got the actual image of the mummy for me. Uh, I mean, he went right. He got got right to it, and uh, I said, "Well, that that's a mummy, and that and that's the, that's the guy we got on the slab." So, at that point, I said, uh, "This is a mummy." Yeah. So it's all over, but the shouting. Yes. Yeah. So you you accept it's a mummy. 
Yes. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> never really asked you that question before, so <laughs> I, I just thought I would. For I mean, for there's the, no there's no doubt that that's what the, that it's that uh, from the. Uh, I, I think the guy's name was S L. What was it? What was his name? S L. Something or other from yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, he was Francisco. an amateur. He was an amateur anthropologist or archaeologist, something like that. Yeah, and it, he loaned it to uh, I guess the Montezuma Castle or something like that. I don't know, but uh, that that's where that's what it was or and we should we should point out here that the the remains have been returned to the proper tribes for yes okay That's, um it's tony, so it's no longer be, on display yeah tony would be glad to hear that i think it was done a while ago and i know tony was very upset about the whole thing and yes. made a huge donation to the uh, i guess the tribe yes it's a way of um i guess atoning for the mistake tom yeah. I, I wanted to... wasn't up to a donation, but I accepted the uh, I accepted the uh, ultimate conclusion. I um, really wanted to talk a little bit about Glenn Dennis, talk about the best evidence for the Roswell crash, and these sorts of things. But we're out of time. I'll be happy to uh, talk to you about those uh, whenever. And, you... and and not mention the slides again ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, right. thank you much. Tom. Is there is there a book you'd like to mention or a product yeah. you'd like to mention here? Yes, the current book uh, came out in April or May. It's called uh, UFO Secrets uh, Inside the Real Area 51, which is, I'm sorry, UFO Secrets at Wright-Patterson, uh, Eyewitness Accounts from Inside the Real Area 51. It's about Wright-Patterson and uh, all the UFO secrets that they had. And uh, that book is out now. Uh, it went to number two uh, on Amazon's UFO books, uh, you know, in the world on sale. Well, and thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Got to go. Got to go. I'm done. I'm out of time. Thank you very much. Uh, there'll be more information somewhat or some links to, to look at at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And as I say, uh, I in, in Roswell in the 21st century, I took a long look at the whole history of the Roswell slides and how all of this thing developed over those number of years that Tom had talked about and the information that uh, came through that. And once again, there are other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, the XZBN, X-Zone Broadcast Network, XZBN.net. Take a look at that, and I'm sure you'll find something that will uh, trip your trigger. I will be back in a week with more information on a different perspective, so thanks for listening. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. 
Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light.